Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest for the first half hour is Angela Sloan. She's the CEO and founder of the Sloan Financial Group. Welcome to the show, Angela. Thank you, Jordan. It's good. so Great good to, to be, be here. Let's just start with a little bit of your background in the financial industry. You had a, a kind of unfortunate things happen at a young age, and kind of how did that get you off to the start you have become as a financial planner in your field right now? Oh, yes, yes. I got cheated out of my life savings at a very early age, which put me where I am today. So I've always said if I could get a hold of that guy today, I'd kiss him right on the lips. <laughs> he has no idea what he did for me. <laughs> Explain it a little bit. How did you get swindled out, and then how did you turn that around to become a financial advisor? Well, it's kind of a long story, so to make a long story short, um, my husband and I were saving $155 a month, faithfully, through um, payroll deduction. And every time he got promoted, every time I had a baby, uh, this guy would come back and say, I have this nice new deal. He would rewrite our program and we didn't realize we started over from zero, and he got a big fat commission. But like I said, this is a lesson learned, and if I could find him today, I'd kiss him right on the lips. Okay. So just tell me a little bit about the clientele. Tell me a little bit about the clientele you have, and what are some of the services you offer them? Well, we have about four thousand clients, and we do everything from tax returns to property and casualty insurance. I got tired of seeing bad things happen to my clients because they didn't understand their property and casualty insurance. We do annuities. We do managed stock accounts. Um, we do Medicare supplements, long-term care insurance, life insurance programs. So if it deals with money, we can pretty much do it. And like I said, 4,000 clients across all lines of, of um, business, we are very, very busy. What are some of the main concerns you're hearing from clients these days? And we've got a lot of volatility in the markets. We have very low interest rates on savings accounts, a lot of credit card debt. What are some of the main things you're hearing about from clients these days? They're very concerned about um, the volatility in the market and the toll that tariffs can take on this. When you take into account uh, all of the things that have happened just in the last few weeks, uh, like Russia's been downgraded to junk, the situation in Greece has not improved. The three elections, they still don't have a leader. Um, Europe's talking about quantitative easing. You know, you, you take all of these things and you couple them together and just one small terror attack and what it could do to our market has them very, very concerned. And in addition to that is the amount of debt they have that they know will have to be paid even if the market does drop in half again like it did in 2008. So the credit card debt is definitely a major, major topic when I sit down with my clients. So uh, what they're, they're worried about this. What are the, the kind of advice that you give them uh, if uh, you know they come in all worried but they can't do nothing with their money? What kind of advice do you give them? Um, as far as their investments or as far as the in, credit investments, card debt? Investment in particular. We're going to do credit cards next, but the debt investments well, first. As far as their investments, if, they, if they're okay with staying in the stock market, um, I do believe in adaptive management. You know, we rearrange our accounts every quarter based on what's going on around us. Even in 2008, we had a positive return. We had positive returns in 2000, 2001, and 2002. So, you know, that's we hold our head high for that. Um, the other thing I tell them is to get your income secure. 
you know, let's get into some good income products that can guarantee your income and guarantee an increasing income with an income that increases based on inflation. So, you know, inflation will kill you if you don't have that in- increasing income. So we try to secure their income, get a portion of their money to where we know it, you know, we can, we can make it grow and try to manage the debt as, as best as we can, depending on their situation. So what are the, some of the specific uh, strategies you use to do exactly what you just said? Have, have secure... Well, like I said, well, we use various types of products. It depends on the client and what their needs are to secure the income. As far as the stock portfolios, we use adaptive management. We rearrange the portfolios every quarter based on what's going on around us. It's not a magic formula. It's just a matter of being astute and looking around to see what's going on to see how to best balance their portfolio based on their needs. And it's based on what they answer, how they answer their questions um, as far as their risk tolerance. So, you know, each client's going to be a little bit different. So in your most recent allocations, are you putting more into stocks or bonds or what are you favoring and unfavoring these days? Well, with the volatility, we've done quite a bit in um, in in corporate bonds, um, U.S. corporate bonds. Uh, we do have still have some good dividend-producing stocks within our portfolios, so I love the dividend-producing stocks. Um, and I also like some annuity products. You know, not all of them, but some of them can be very good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk about credit cards, because you said that's a problem as well. What, what are some of the uh-huh. problems you're seeing your clients running into with credit card debt and the interest rates they're paying, and, and what are some things they can do about that? Well, some of them come in and they're, you know, they need to change their payment date. And that's pretty easy. You just call the credit card company and you ask them, you know, is it possible to change my date? If they tell you no, then ask to speak with a supervisor because it is possible for them to change your date. And, you know, they usually they don't mind changing, changing the date to something that's convenient for you. Uh, one of the other issues I see is, oh, my goodness, these late payment fees, what in the world can I do? If it's only on occasion they will usually work for you. If it's consistent that you get hit with late payment fees every month, then I'm afraid they're not going to be so apt to work with you. But if you if you suddenly get hit with a late payment fee because you made an honest mistake and you have a long history of on-time payments, then they're usually very willing to, to credit you back with that late payment fee. If you're looking for, for more credit, you know, your, your long-time cardholders are in good standing and they, they may have their credit limit raised based on their credit score. And the one thing I encourage you not to do is try to tell them a lie about your credit because they're pulling it up as you're talking to them. They already know what your credit score is. So don't even try to, don't even try to, to tell them a story about it. Um, and if you're not liking your interest rate, tell them. You know, you know, ask them if there's any way to lower it. If there's not and your credit score is good, you can always go to another bank. You can go to another company and, and refinance that credit card, sometimes even at a 0% interest rate. And I encourage people, you know, if you could do it at a 0% rate and you want to get that credit card balance paid off, that's usually the way to do it. Because you can, even if you can't find a zero rate, sometimes you can find a 1% or a 2% rate. And that gives you the opportunity to throw more and more at principal and less at interest. So you think even so they, they charge you a fee for doing a balance transfer for like that, typically 3 or 4%, but you think it's worth it to get the rate down? Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know of one that charges you 3 or 4% to move it. Uh, usually it's 1%, and a lot of times it's zero. Then the key to that is shopping. Shop, shop, shop. You can go to creditcards.com, and you can see pretty much all the credit cards listed and what they offer. Um, I love credit unions. If you're a member of a credit union, I definitely check that route if you haven't already. Um, and again, if you, if, if whoever you're talking to on the phone doesn't give you the answer that you're looking for, don't hesitate to ask to speak to a supervisor because a lot of times when you call in, you're speaking to that first line person who really is not a decision maker. So don't hesitate to ask for a supervisor. If you don't get the right answer today, give it a couple of days and call back and try again. Yeah, no, I was referring to the fee. The interest rate, I agree, it can be zero or 1%, but they'll typically charge mm-hmm. you a 3 or 4% fee on the amount you're borrowing when you do a cash advance. That's what I was referring to. Oh, okay. Well, there again, you have to do the math and see that it makes sense, but I think there's enough companies out there charging uh, that, that are not charging 3 or 4%. You know, they may charge 1% or 2%, and go definitely go with the, lo- with the lower fee. Um, but the key to it is to shop. And like I said, go to creditcards.com. They have a lot of information on that website about the fees and the interest rates and the best cards available, the ones that will give you the better deal. Very good. Now, another area you talk a lot about is women and retirement planning. What is your general sense of women's um, preparedness for retiring and not having to make a major hit to their lifestyle? Well, I find that women are a little overwhelmed at retirement. Um, They're so busy with taking care of kids and household and career that trying to plan their retirement is a tough job, and they're intimidated by it. they're not as well informed as their male counterparts simply because they don't have the time because of the kids in the house and the career. So, but I also find that they're hungry for the information. If, um, if you, for instance, we offer classes for women in retirement planning and they're always full. We just did a, a class for estate planning and we have a waiting list for that class. So the women are very, very interested in that topic. They're just not as well-informed, but they want to be. So you know, my advice to financial planners is definitely do some type of classes, lunch and learns, or even if it's in the evening or on a Saturday morning, do some type class geared toward women because they're hungry for the knowledge. They just How- feel that they're overwhelmed and they don't have the time. What are some ways that women can save more since often their careers may be interrupted by having kids and still have a decent amount in their own names for retirement, not just depending on their husbands? Well, first of all, if, if you're working, definitely do the 401k if your employer matches. You know, if your employer is matching you money, you're walking away from free money if you're not participating. And I never advise anybody to walk away from free money. <laughs> um, the other thing is if, if you're a stay-at-home mom, then try to get some money either in an IRA or a Roth IRA under your name. Um, I love the Roth IRAs. I love anything that's tax-free, being a tax person. When, you, when I hear the word tax-free, I get excited. So the Roth, it goes in after tax, but all of the growth is tax-free. And when you get ready to pull out, it all comes out tax-free. So um, I'm very much in favor of the Roth. But even if you're a stay-at-home mom not working, make sure that you get your maximum limit into an IRA each year. Because well, you have to have earned income to have an IRA. If you have, if not earning anything, you can't do an IRA, correct? Uh, if your spouse is working, yes, you can. Yes, oh, that's a, a spousal so, IRA. Yes. 
Yes, you can have the spousal IRA, and it's the full amount, just like any other IRA. So, yes, yes if, if your spouse is working and you're a stay-at-home mom, you can certainly have the full IRA. The other thing is, ladies, always make sure you know who the beneficiary is on your husband's 401K. I have seen cases where uh, a fellow would pass away, and then we would find out that the ex-wife is the beneficiary on the IRA, or the kids is the beneficiary on the IRA, or their parents. And, ladies, I'm telling you, it's very important that you know who the beneficiary is on these accounts. Indeed. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this half hour is Angela Sloan. She's the CEO and founder of the Sloan Financial Group. Uh, you can find out more about them at sloanfinancial.net. We'll be back after this. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. It's a sad fact that fraud is rampant in today's business environment. The headlines scream about once prestigious organizations falling victim to or crumbling due to the consequences of fraud. How do you keep fraud from affecting you and your business? Tune in to Fraud Talk with host Chris Marquet. Chris has over 30 years of fraud investigation experience, business intelligence, and is a renowned security consultant. Chris and his guests will inform you and help keep you from being the next statistic of fraud. Tune in Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Listen for exclusive clips from Oprah's upcoming Super Soul Sunday series on Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. Then be sure to watch Oprah's Super Soul Sunday on OWN Network TV at 11 a.m. 10 Central every Sunday. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest for this half hour is Angela Sloan. She's the CEO and founder of the Sloan Financial Group. Welcome back to the show, Angela. Oh, thank you so much, Jordan. It's good to be here. Tell some people what they can find when they go to your website, sloanfinancial.net. Well, you can find numerous calculators. You can meet our staff. You can see all of the different services that we offer. Uh, you can also send us a question. Um, be glad to help any way that we can, answer any questions as, to the best of our ability. Uh, we are in the heat of tax season, and we do about 2,000 tax returns every year, so, so we're super busy on the tax return end. But, again, we'd be glad to help you any way we can. 
Very good. Now let's go back to the subject we were talking about, about women and retirement planning. Uh, one question a lot of women have is uh, taking out Social Security. Uh, should they do it at 62 or should they wait later? How do you help people figure out the right time to take Social Security? Well, we actually use a piece of software that um, allows us to enter in your, your lifetime earnings from your Social Security statement, and it gives us the method that will, that will most give you the absolute most out of Social Security. It'll give us a mid-range, and it'll give us the earliest possible. But, ladies, one thing you need to be aware of is you may be eligible to draw from an ex-husband, and most people don't realize that. And I'll give you the example of my receptionist. Uh, my receptionist and I, she, who was a client before she was my receptionist, and we were going over her financial plan, and it came to light that she had been married twice before. And I said, Kathy, your first husband died, didn't he? And she says, yeah, when he was in his 30s. And I said, the father of your two girls. And she said, yes. And I said, then you should be able to draw from him. And she goes, oh, no, I can't draw from him. And I said, I'll bet you can. You're not married now. You're 60, 61. See, a widow can draw at age 60. You're 61. If you wait until 62, it might be a little more, but I think we need to check on that. As long as she was married to him at least 10 years and not married at the age of 60. Now, she could have remarried, which this lady did. She had remarried and divorced, but she was not married at age 60. So I told her, I said, let's, let's go back and look at your marriage license, see how long you were married, and make sure that it was the 10 years. She was married 10 years and one month. Well, when we, when we checked the numbers, we found that she could draw twice as much off of her dead husband as she could off her own account. Wow. <laughs> so she so, thanked me very much by retiring at age 62. <laughs> I see. Now, you <laughs> said that a lot of women uh, a lot of women are worried about becoming Baghdadis, as you call it. And, and Oh, yeah. Where, where, and is that an irrational up. fear, or is that a real fear for, for a lot of people? No, it's a real fear. It, it's a real fear, and and they actually use the term back lady. I'm amazed at how many of them use the term back lady, and the ladies I'm talking to don't even know each other. But this is fear is I'm going to become a back lady. And you have to understand that on average, about half of the women in the United States are actually married. The rest of them are single, whether it was by choice, by widowhood, or by divorce. And by the way, you know, the average age of a widow is 59 to 60 years old. And there is a huge statistic of how many women are widowed twice by age 65. I, I couldn't get to believe that until we sat down and with my staff, and they were, we were naming women that we knew were widowed twice by age 65. And it's like I had one lady tell me, once is enough, believe me. <laughs> so so <laughs> if you have people with those fears of, of becoming you know, disenfranchised and a bag lady and so on, what do you do? What, what are some practical steps people can take? to protect themselves against something like that? Well, first of all, start saving now, number one. Number two, you know, enlist the help of a, a, a financial advisor. You'd be amazed at how much help they can be, and you don't feel like you're going it alone. You know, you need that advisor to point you in the right direction. Even if you're getting started late, it's never too late. You know, better, as I say, better late than never, however you want to put it. But the sooner you get started, the better. And saving something's better than not starting at all. So, 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 so that saving is off. important. Don't procrastinate. And then estate planning is that part of it as well as far as making sure you get the assets from your husband when you get widowed. A lot of people don't have wills and estates set up correctly. Is that right? 
Absolutely. And you know, if ladies, if, if there's, if your husband and you own real estate in more than one state, especially, you need to have a revocable living trust. If you have children with issues, it could be a child with a disability they were born with, a child with a disability due to an accident or an illness, a child with a spouse from Hades that you don't really want to talk about. <laughs> It can be a, spa, uh, a a child with um, just has money issues. Don't don't know how to manage money or substance abuse issues. These are all reasons to have a revocable living trust. If everything is going great, you know, then perhaps just a, a regular will. If I die, he gets it all. If he dies, I get it all. Um, is sufficient. But please make sure that you have some type document to protect you at death. The other items that you need is a living will. You want to decide whether or not you want um, um, life support, feeding tubes. These are, these are decisions you don't want to leave for your family to have to make. Then you make them yourself before you leave here. Um, a, a, um, a durable power of attorney. The durable power of attorney is who would make financial decisions if you're incapacitated but not dead. For say you're in a coma, you have Alzheimer's, somebody needs to be able to make those decisions for you. And the other one is a health care power of attorney. And I always tell people, imagine yourself in a car accident and a surgeon wants to amputate your right arm. Who would you trust to make that decision? And that's yeah, a lot, and, and a lot of people don't, don't have these documents is what you're saying. They don't, and they don't realize the importance of them. Your advanced directives, that health care power of attorney, durable power of attorney, living will, that gets you up to the point of death. Once you die, those documents are no good. When you die and you, the, the doctor has pronounced you dead, then your will or your revocable living trust takes place. So all of those documents are equally important because we don't know what route we're going to take on our way to heaven. Absolutely. It might be a sudden death. It might be a lengthy death. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this half hour has been Nance, uh, Angela Sloan. Uh, she is the CEO and uh, founder of the Sloan Financial Group. Uh, you can find out more about them at her website, which is sloanfinancial.net. Thanks so much for being on the show, Angela. Thank you for having me, Jordan. It's been a delight. Thank you. And we'll be back with Dr. Uh, Gary Drayton after the break. We'll be back. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. 
Listen for exclusive clips from Oprah's upcoming Super Soul Sunday series on Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. Then be sure to watch Oprah's Super Soul Sunday on OWN Network TV at 11 a.m. 10 Central every Sunday. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. How is your plan going? Could you use a little help on your path to success? Why not step up and play big? Join host Chris Ruisi for a show that will help you identify the possibilities that await you. Too many people succumb to just being average when they could be exceeding average without too much more effort. It's time for you to become exceptional. Raise the bar to your success. Basically, it's time for you to step up and play big. Join Chris Ruisi every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest for this half hour is Dr. Gary Dayton. He is the founder of TradingPsychologyEdge.com and the author of a new book called Trading Mindfully, Achieve Your Optimum Trading Performance with Mindfulness and Cutting-Edge Psychology. Welcome to the show, Dr. Gary. Hey, thank you, Jordan. Glad to be here. Let's just start with a little bit of your background and uh, what kind of a doctor you are, and tell me a little bit about the Trading Psychology Edge company that you run. Sure. Well, I'm a psychologist. Uh, I was trained as a clinical psychologist, originally working with people who had mental disorders, the common ones being depression and anxiety, sometimes schizophrenia, addictions, those kinds of things. Um, I also have been trained in sport and human performance psychology, which really kind of triggered the spark for me uh, to apply psychology um, more directly to trading. Um, But I'm also a trader. I've been trading since 1999. Um, traded all different markets, all mostly commodities, but of course stocks and ETFs as well. Uh, and I've settled in uh, primarily on the S&P futures as a day trader. Um, and um, the company that I have, TradingPsychologyEdge.com, uh, helps traders to uh, work through some of their mental challenges, emotional challenges in trading, which, uh, as your listeners will know, are can be pretty significant and uh, uh, at times even even um, debilitating for them. Um, but also, I, I teach a very classic way of trading through the what's known as the Wyckoff method. Uh, Richard Wyckoff was a both a broker and a trader around the turn of the last century. I'm talking about the 1900s. He wrote his first book in 1910 and then wrote a course in uh, 1930. 
Um, and it's all about reading the market by its own action, just simply using price action and volume. Uh, so I teach that as well at the site. How successful have you been with your own trading using these techniques? Oh, it took me a while, but uh, pretty good. You know, not not I, I make a living at it. So most of the time you're trading. That's your full-time profession is, is trading. That's right. And I work with uh, uh, individual traders uh, on their mental game. And I also, uh, as I say, teach trading. So once a week we do a special program called Deep Practice uh, at my site. It's on the Internet. We've got a, traders from all over the world who come in uh, for about an hour and a half every Thursday evening, my time, which is uh, New York time. And I go through market situations with them bar by bar, uh, and we trade them and, um, accor you know, according to the Wyckoff method. And uh, they learn, they learn uh, trading skills that way. But inevitably, there's also psychological issues that come up. And um, we discuss those as well. So deep practice is kind of a, of a um, mixture of both technical trading skills and trading psychology skill development. So your website is tradingpsychologyedge.com. What are some things that people can find at that website? Well, you'll see a blog there. I do uh, fairly often market commentary. I haven't done it in the last week or so because I've been in Arizona, um, which is a lot warmer than it is here today. It's, it's snowing. I, I live in Connecticut. and It's snowing hard right here now. Um, so they'll find a blog. They'll find um, vi uh, video tutorials on both trading and trading psychology. Uh, they'll also find a page, a web page there for my book, Trade Mindfully, uh, including some free downloads of the forms that are included in the book and some of the mindfulness exercises, which I've recorded for them uh, as guided, mindfulness, uh, guided mindfulness exercises. And as I say, they're freebies that anybody can easily download. Great. You start your big book with what you call understanding your mind. What are some of the things that people need to understand? For example, the very beginning you talk about mental blind spots. <clears throat> Explain what that is and how can people overcome their mental blind spots? Sure. Well, when traders first look at trading psychology, the immediate thought is it's all about negative emotions, fear, greed, and hope being the three prominent uh, negative emotions that traders try to deal with. But it's not all just about emotions. There are thinking challenges that we have, very common thinking challenges. <clears throat> Excuse me. In psychology, or you might have heard this term uh, from behavioral finance, we call them cognitive biases or cognitive heuristics, kind of a fancy way of saying um, mental shortcuts that get us into trouble. Um, let me give you an example of a daily, uh, uh, a daily example, and then I'll bring it into trading to okay. kind of highlight what I'm, what I'm talking about. So let's say we're um, in an unfamiliar town, and it's uh, 6 o'clock at night. We're hungry. We need to find a restaurant. And we don't know this town. We're driving along, and we see a restaurant. So we pull in, and we see that there are cars in the parking lot. The building looks attractive. 
and a few people are coming out and they're smiling and they're and they're laughing. So we say, ah, this must be a great restaurant. Let's stop here and eat. Now, notice the decision process. We made this decision based on cars in the parking lot, appearance of the building, and a couple of people coming out smiling. We didn't interview those folks to say, you know, is this a good restaurant or not? We didn't go in and sample the food. We based our decision on mere appearance. Okay, now that works okay. It works generally pretty well, in fact, in day-to-day -day situations. But when we are confronted with uncertainty or risk, the situation changes. Now let's bring it into trading. So a trader sees a bull flag. Everybody pretty much ought to know what a bull flag is, right? That's a, yep. a continuation of a trend, an uptrend. And so that trader says, ah, bull flag, this is a good trade. I'm going long. And so he, he or she makes a long trade. Now, what if that bull flag is occurring very late in a trend or at higher time frame resistance? That bull flag could be the last little pullback before distribution starts. In fact, it could be the start of distribution. So the mere appearance of the chart pattern on the chart is not sufficient to make a, a good sound trading decision. We have to do more than that. And what more do you have to do? Once you see a chart that normally looks good, how do you take your psychology into account to make the right move there? Right. Good question. The, we, we work on employing what we call, or what I call, our deliberative mind. You can think of the mind as having two, um, two parts to it. Um, one would be our intuitive mind. That would look at mere appearance and say, oh, that looks like a bull flag. Let's go take that. Our deliberative mind would see the pattern for sure, but would say, okay, let's pause here for a moment and see if this is if this really is a good trade. Let's go through and look at higher time frame, support and resistance. Let's take a look and see where we are in the trend channel. Are we at the very top of the trend? Um, or are we at a different location in the trend, trend channel? And so on. So it's very difficult, however, to pull in or to activate our deliberative mind. Why is that, you might ask? And that's because we are so used to just relying on these mental shortcuts, these cognitive heuristics. Heuristics is just a fancy word, a fancy way of saying um, uh, a model or a, 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 an approach. So uh, a problem-solving model. Uh, cognitive heuristics is just a shortcut uh, problem-solving model. And we use a cognitive heuristic in, in choosing the restaurant, saying that, oh, the appearance of the restaurant looks good, let's go eat there. But doing that in trading is only using half of our mind. It's only using the intuitive side of our mind, which is going to be quick to make judgments, not very good, and not wanting to do any kind of an analysis. We have to pull in our deliberative mind. And unfortunately, that's kind of hard to do. Now, you talk about this is all the kind of rational stuff, but also emotional is very big. And your next chapter is on strong emotions in trading. Uh, how do you kind of take account of your emotions, whether it be greed or fear, and then 
get past them to do the right make the right move. Yeah, it, it, this is the this is definitely a difficult area uh, or a challenging area in trading psychology. Emotions um, can m make it very difficult for us to trade uh, trade well. What happens when we have thoughts and emotions? And there, let's take, for example, let's take a common example, cutting a winning trade short, okay? We get into a trade or an investment, it's going along well. Let's say it's a long trade and it starts to back up against us, okay? Mm -hmm. And we start to begin to have a little bit of trepidation about what's this trade going to do? Is this going to turn into a loss on me? Am I going to Am I going to uh, end up with uh, a negative balance on this trade? Maybe I should get out of this trade now. Maybe I should cut it short and just take. I know I've I got a projection for eight points, and I know it's only two points, but two points are better than no points or in minus two points. So let's take let's take the uh, let's take the trade off, and so that so so we do. Well, what's happened there? It's hard to parse out. Uh, for the average person maybe to parse out. But what's really happened is our emotions start getting in the way of our trading. Our, our focus, our attention is no longer on the trade. It may seem to be because we're highly focused on the, on the trade at that point if we're, if we're really fearful of the, of the trade going down because we're looking and, and observing every little tick, kind of living or dying on every little tick of, of uh, price movement in more extreme cases. But really, what we're, where our real attention is, is, on, is, is inside, it's on our internal state, on the sensations that we feel. We might have sweaty palms or a dry mouth. We might have muscle tension. I know that when I get... Uh, uh, you know, we all get fearful. There's no way to control those emotions. But when I get fearful, my shoulders tend to go up into my elbows. So we can notice these sensations, right? And, and what happens when our emotions, when we're not very cognizant of our emotions and we're not very aware of them, our emo we become distracted off of the trade. And we're no longer really trading for the sake of our trade we're acting in the service of our emotions. When we take that trade off, what happens? We feel relief. We might even feel good that we made a couple of points on this trade, okay? But we never learn how to hold a winning trade if we keep doing that. You're always cutting the profit short that way. Yeah, yeah of, exactly. Because exactly. of the fear of, what, of losing it is what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Fear is, I think fear is the most important emotion. It's the most powerful emotion. And when we look at greed and hope, they're really just variations on the theme of fear. Um, greed, for example, being the, the fear of missing out or of leaving too much money on the table. Uh, and hope is, is uh, fearing a, a loss and hoping it's going to come back to break even or, or better. Yeah. So they're all part of the same um, mental, or, uh, same emotional uh, framework. And, and when we lose our focus on the trade, when we get distracted and make our trading decisions in service of our emotions, we do feel that immediate relief. Um, and, and that is very reinforcing for the next trade because the next trade that we get into and we don't feel so comfortable about, we know, our, our brain knows that cutting it 
will give us immediate relief. And we are confronted with what is known as the fight-flight uh, response, where it's, you know, our, we, we haven't really evolved all that much. I know technology and computers and everything have, make it seem that way. It goes back to the basics. It really does, yes. It uh, really does. Yes. yes. Go ahead. We, we have, to have to take a break, actually. This is Jordan Goodman with The Money Answer Show. My guest for this half hour is Dr. Gary Dayton. He's the, um, at Peak Psychology, Inc. Uh, his website is tradingpsychologyedge.com. And his new book is called Trading Mindfully, Achieve Your Optimum Trading Performance with Mindfulness and Cutting-Edge Psychology. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What does conscious leadership mean to you? It unites organizations instead of dividing them. By exploring commonly-based business challenges, it guarantees an increase in your bottom line. Tune in to Minding Our Business, Creating a Spiritual Economy with your host, Nadine Rogers. Each week, we'll hear from business leaders and learn from their strategies. We'll talk about personal and organizational best practices that you can learn from, and we'll hear from you. Minding Our Business airs live Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest for this half hour is Dr. Gary Dayton. He's the founder of TradingPsychologyEdge.com, also the author of a new book called Trade Mindfully, Achieve Your Optimum Trading Performance with Mindfulness and Cutting-Edge Psychology. Welcome back to the show, Gary. Uh, thanks. Good to be here. I'd like to give, have you give a recent example where since you are the king of mindfulness and know exactly how to do this right always, uh, that you actually took this uh, approach and implemented it. So kind of go through how you saw the trade in the first place, the fear and greed that kind of got into it, how you resisted that, <laughs> and how it all came out well in the end, just to kind of give people a real-life example. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, I'm not 
maybe the king of mindfulness. I know a lot about it. And then, but the nice thing about mindfulness is, is that it's fairly forgiving. In other words, you don't have to do it uh, precisely right. Uh, it's it's more of an approach than it is a specific, um, you know, a specific tech technique uh, that you have to adhere to um, step by step. Let okay. me give you an. Yeah, let me give you an example of uh, a person. We were just talking about cutting a winning trade short, and it's a very common, a common uh, problem with traders. Um, let me give you an example, not of my trading, but of of someone else who was who came to me and had this problem. He he was it happened to be a he, and he was cutting winning trades short, um, and he was really severely hampered by this. Um, in fact. He had two things going on. He became impatient when a trade wouldn't work right away. He put a trade on, and if it didn't go in a few bars and show him really good profit, uh, he was apt to you know, pitch it out. Um, and also, as we had, were discussing earlier, when he got into a trade and it started to back against him, even just a little bit, he started to get nervous, and his mind started to go uh, on him telling him to get out of the trade, insisting that it would get out that he get out of the trade. Um, but then most of the time he picked really good trade. He was a skillful trader. Um, so the trade would continue to go on in his direction. and he would get despondent. He would he would you know he'd almost you know get get very very uh, disheartened and 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 uh, almost dejected. So I posed to him a question. I said, so uh, which, which trade here, uh, oh, I'm sorry, which mind here was right? Was it your mind who was telling you just a few minutes ago to take the trade off? Or was it your, was it your mind that is now chastising you for having done exactly what it said? Because he's, you know, he feels dejected. His mind is making him suffer. He began to realize that, gee, maybe my mind isn't always telling me the truth or giving me an accurate reflection of the reality of my trades. And that was the opening I needed to begin to talk to him about mindfulness because that's exactly what mindfulness does. It helps us gain some distance on our thoughts and even our strong feelings, strong emotions like fear um, and impatience get some distance on them and see them for exactly what they are, just thoughts and just feelings that come and go pretty much on their own. And you don't have to give in to them is what you're saying, basically. You sh surely do not have to give in to them. Yeah. But look, it's, there's no question that you can say, you can sit here and say to yourself, okay, I'm not going to give in to them. And tomorrow, and you can make that very firm, right? And tomorrow you have a trade and you find yourself giving in to them. Thoughts and emotions, because we've, we've lived with them for our entire lives since children and believe them to be absolute truth, they're very hard to overcome. Now, enter mindfulness. Now, here's, here's something that I did with this person. I gave him a simple guided mindfulness exercise that's described in the book, and it's called Leaves on a Stream. It's a pretty big hit with traders and investors that I work with. And it basically, as I say, it teaches you to stand back from your thoughts and, and, and emotions um, simply by mentally placing thoughts and feelings on, a, on leaves floating down a stream that you construct in your mind's eye. OK, 
Okay, you do this separate from trading. You're kind of letting them go. Is that the idea? You're letting exactly. the thoughts go. Yeah. Exactly. You're, he would take his thoughts of impatience or fear of loss, put them on a leaf, and watch them go downstream. Mm -hmm. Simple, but very effective. He became much less impatient and began to successfully hold on to his winning trades. And I get emails all the time from traders who I've taught this to, saying that they continue to use it because they find it so powerful. At the end of your book, you talk about a constructive self-assessment. How do you do that? We have about a minute or so to go. Yeah, we want to we look at basically what we did well today in trading and what we didn't do so well. And what we didn't do so well, well, what we did well, we want to know about that because strengths are important. We want to continue to do those. What we didn't do well, we want to devise a plan um, to uh, uh, overcome that, make those limitations into a strength for ourselves. Very good. It's really fascinating stuff. So if people want to find out more, uh, your website, again, is tradingpsychologyedge.com. Lots of material on it. It's free, and you also have these groups. Uh, you can also find out more about uh, this at his book, which is Trade Mindfully, Achieve Your Optimum Trading Performance with Mindfulness and Cutting Edge Psychology. Thanks so much for being a guest on the show, uh, Dr. Gary. Jordan, thank you for having me, and thank you, listeners. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Edger Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.